This podcast presentation was brought to you by Blackledge Emulsions. There just isn't enough people out there, in my opinion, that are aware of what a good living with benefits and security that is available in this industry. You know, most of the customers I talk to, they definitely, they're shorthanded and they're willing to give people opportunities to come in and learn. Obviously, you're not going to have someone come in and start a job in the morning and that afternoon be running a 50,000-pound piece of equipment, but you can get there. It's like anything else. Hard work and perseverance pays off. You can work your way up. This is Amy Miller along with Natasha Zipko, and today we have the pleasure of talking with Sandy Draper, Director of Inside Sales Operations at Work in America. Welcome, Sandy. Hello, ladies and listeners. Sandy, we're really honored to talk to you today. But before we get into hearing about your experiences in the asphalt industry, I think it's important for our listeners to know that Workin is our diamond sponsor for 2020. Thank you very much. I think everyone out there knows we set our standards pretty high, and we understand the needs of our customers right now more than anything for workforce development, which is already one of your primary goals. We've already been focusing with our customers and our partners out there, so this just made perfect sense for us. Yeah, well, speaking of your business, Sandy, I think it's important for us to start off, and let's just hear about Work in America and your your organization. Yeah, this is a story I take a lot of pride in telling. Workin started in Germany in 1961 as a family-owned business. Our founder, Reinhard Workin, he had a vision of the equipment and tools he needed to do his construction business but there was no one out there making it at the time. Wartkin America came to be in Nashville in 1985, and in 1997, the second generation took over. In 2017, John Deere acquired the entire Wartkin group. You know, I've been pretty amazed at what we accomplished with the family. I can't wait to see what we accomplish under the ownership of John Deere. Today, Wartkin is your one-stop shop for premier road equipment. We market four different product lines here in the U.S. We've got the Wartkin products, which are milling machines and stabilizers, as well as concrete pavers. We've got Vugula, the asphalt paving machines. We've got the Hom compaction equipment and the Kleeman road crushers. So, Sandy, you've been with Wartkin for, is it 28 years now? It's fantastic to hear the story of how the company came to be over these years. What has it been like for you personally, being part of that company and watching it evolve? Well, to be honest, all I can say is, wow, if I hadn't been a part of it, I wouldn't have believed it. When I first came to work here in 92, we had 20 employees that handled all sales and service inside and out. And today we have around 300. My first real adult job was at a company called CMI in Oklahoma City. CMI at that time was a manufacturer of road equipment and asphalt plants. Um, I went to work in the used equipment department, and I was exposed to not only road equipment, asphalt plants, and some other things. I found the equipment fascinating, not only how it worked, but how it all came together to go out on a job. In 92, I moved to Nashville, and I started out at Works in America answering the phones. You know, my timing couldn't have been better moving here and coming to work at Work in America because our growth was so substantial. Everyone that was there, all 20 of us, had to step up and wear a lot of hats. So I got exposed to a lot of things, anything from taking parts orders, actually boxing up parts orders, service, trade shows, every aspect of sales. 
No, I loved it. If, if there was something I wanted to do or get involved in, I just let it be known, and I was fortunate enough to get that opportunity. In my current role right now, I oversee sales operations for our different product lines. Also, when I first started, we were in a really small office in a business park. Um, today, we have what I consider a pretty good-sized campus with around 40 acres. We've got two facilities here, our administration building with our shop and our warehouse and our Center for Training and Technology, or the CTT as we like to call it. It's an amazing facility. Um, Top-notch technology, modular classrooms. We do sales training, service training, and even do some work inside the community and with the organizations we deal with here. Sandy, that's remarkable that you were able to really jump in and learn different aspects of your business throughout those years. In your time in the industry, how have you seen opportunities change in terms of positions that women fill? Well, that's an interesting question. To be honest with you, when I first got in the industry, there just weren't a lot of women around. You know, I would see maybe once or twice a year, we would have a woman come in to attend one of our service or operators classes here. And it was very rare to meet a woman that was in management or even that owned a company. Today is a completely different story. I know several operators and mechanics that are women and love what they do. I also know a lot of women in upper management at construction companies and a lot of women that own their own companies. You know, I'm talking major players in the road construction of business. Some of these women, you know, they're the next generation, but a lot of them aren't. There are women that sought this field out. One area that we feel is important to help our members is to help entice women to become part of our members' organizations in the field. We feel like there's great opportunity there. From what I've seen recently, it really feels like that the machinery is becoming a lot better in terms of employee comfort. I've seen some machinery with really nice ergonomic seats. I've seen these rollers with these rotating seats that are safer. So in your opinion, how do we take the stigma away of field jobs being you know, this undesirable sort of low level type job? What can we do to entice people and let them know that there's opportunities here and that um, it's actually a very fulfilling position? Well, first off, let me say the number one thing that I hear from my customers is I would expand and buy more equipment if I could find people to run it and maintain it. Without a doubt, that's number one on everyone's mind right now. You know, there's so much technology that goes into these machines today. Starting with the operator, just like you said, you know, ergonomic seats and controls, rotating and shifting seats, cameras for easy views. A lot of the construction equipment today even has cabs with heat and air and radios. But there are also some major changes for the equipment for the mechanics as well. You know, these machines are a lot like cars as far as how far they've come with the technology. Easy to read diagnostics, computer codes to reference repairs, quick connects, easy to read gauges, and everything's more accessible. You know, you've got very accessible panels to open doors where you've got everything you need right there. Sandy, what are your thoughts on training new employees to run the machinery? Do you think that this should be an industry-wide effort through technical training, or is this simply you know, training on the job type of situation? I think it's both. You know, every week anymore we hear on the news politicians, business owners, and entrepreneurs talking about the shortage of tradespeople in the United States right now. 
we are starting to see a resurgence of trade and vocational schools, which is great, but we need people now. There just isn't enough people out there, in my opinion, that are aware of what a good living with benefits and security that is available in this industry. You know, most of the customers I talk to, they definitely, they're shorthanded and they're willing to give people opportunities to come in and learn. Obviously, you're not going to have someone come in and start a job in the morning and that afternoon be running a 50,000-pound piece of equipment, but you can get there. It's like anything else. Hard work and perseverance pays off. You can work your way up. So switching gears a little bit, Sandy, you know, what methods or resources or support have you found have worked best for you to thrive in a predominantly male-dominated industry? That's a very good question. And the first thing I would say is I wish your organization would have existed earlier in my career. (laughs) You know, I've been very fortunate in that I get along well with men. I play golf. I fish. So we have a lot of things in common. I would be lying if I said through the years there hadn't been some bumps in the road. But it's like anything else you do. You know, in any profession, respect is earned. And once the customers realize that I do know what I'm talking about, we develop an instant kinship and they know they can come to me and rely on me. As far as resources I had, I would say my mom was one of the best ones. She was in the industry and I've been able to bounce a lot of stuff off her. And she really gets, you know, where I'm coming from. I also have been able to surround myself with a lot of smart, confident women that are also in male-dominated industries that have been a big help to me. And last but not least, you know, I care a lot about what I do and I care about our customers. And I think it shows. I I think effort really does equal results. Sandy, do you have any ideas on what you think the industry as a whole could be doing to make organizations better for women and just better overall? Well, you guys are doing it. Um, You know, one of the things I think that you're doing really good is you're targeting women to get the word out there on kind of what our industry is all about. But you're also getting and keeping the men engaged. I feel like it's everyone's responsibility that's in this industry to help get the message out. You know, I think having more success stories told by women at our events, also working with the high schools and the vocational schools. Workskin has done quite a bit of this, and we found some success with it. Thank you, Sandy. We appreciate that, and we we appreciate those ideas as well. So just as we wrap this up, we just had to ask you, just for fun, have you ever operated any of your large equipment? And if so, can you tell us about it? I have operated it, and I operate it every chance I get. And it's just really a blast. It's a lot easier than someone would think it is, and it's a lot of fun. Come see me in Nashville, and I'll put you on one of the machines. (laughs) You're on. (laughs) We definitely will. So, Sandy, we just want to thank you again for taking time to speak with Amy and I today, and also thank Work in America for your diamond sponsorship level for Women of Asphalt this year. Well, thank you, ladies. We look forward to working with you, and I think we'll be able to accomplish a lot of great things. Yes, absolutely. And just in closing, I just want our listeners to know, for those listeners that are going to be at Con Con Expo, please be sure to stop by Workin's booth, stop by our booth when you're there. Um, We'll look forward to seeing you. We have lots of events going on there and uh, we'll be working with Workin and we'll be supporting each other at this event. Thank you. Thanks everybody. Thank you. These roads from coast to coast with highway signs is our guidepost. From town to town, day after day, the road is
This podcast presentation was brought to you by Blackledge Emulsions.